Let's take off. Bongani and Nala on Radio 2000. So we're talking about the recent crime stats, which really paint a terrible picture once again. Um, South Africans are more likely to be murdered, uh, raped or assaulted in their homes or walking in a park or driving on the road. Um, and we know, guys, just living in general has become so dangerous. Um, I, 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 I would have loved to have said you almost feel safe when you're in your home. But even that is scary for a lot of people. Nope. Like, I, I don't feel safe anywhere. I'm always on edge. I'm always worried about every single noise. Um, and to talk to us about the crime stats, on the line, we've got Dr. Guy Lamb, a criminologist um, at Stellenbosch University uh, in the political science department. Uh, good morning, Dr. Lamb. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mongani, and welcome to your listeners. Dr. Lamb, I think maybe let's start with the 22.2 increase um, in, in murder. You know, with more than 1,107 people killed between January um, and March when compared to the same period last year. I remember when we spoke. Uh, what do you have to say about murder going up so high? Well, I mean, we think murder, I mean, 22.2% is a major increase. And this is, of course, not these aren't yearly stats, these are quarterly stats. But comparing the period January to March um, compared to the previous five years, for example. So we've seen a dramatic increase, certainly from 2018, which was, you know, just over you know, 4,600 murders, we're now over 6,000 murders. And, of course, this is increases we're seeing in all provinces. Um, and so this is the sort of average for provinces. I mean, if you look at Gauteng, that is particularly concerning. That's more than a 45% increase in murder, um, where, you know, for the entire South Africa, it's more than 22%. So, I mean, what's going on here is, you know, I suppose a combination of factors. I mean, usually when we try and understand what's happening with murder, we look at, you know, the kind of perpetrators, we look at the circumstances of the crime, we look at weapons. Um, and, you know, the one thing that's, that's certainly been changing within South Africa is, you know, the sort of socioeconomic circumstances. Mm. is that people, I mean, you, you said in the intro, you know, you're feeling scared, things are, you know, free on edge, and I think that's where we are in South Africa at the moment. There's pressure on households um, in terms of, you know, kind of access to jobs, access to money, access to food, and, you know, it kind of applies a lot of pressure on these risk factors that tend to drive murder. So if we look at what the police have to say about, you know, murder and assault, for example, a lot of it has to do, you know, the stems from arguments between people. So people get into disagreements about a variety of things, start disagreeing with each other, and then that verbal disagreement then translates into physical um, assault. Um, if you add alcohol into that mix, then it tends to make it a lot more lethal. Um, and you add weapons into that, whether they be sharp instruments or firearms, then, you know, kind of murder is almost a foregone conclusion. So it's the sense of around it's a lot of stress that South African households are feeling, and it's just, you know, applying additional kind of pressure on those risks that drive violence. And you see murder and assault and attempted murder going up as a result of that. Um, I mean, with the pandemic, you know, so many have lost uh, income. There's lots of stress. Could, could the high levels of interpersonal violence be driven by, I guess, COVID and what COVID brought into our lives? Well, I mean, it's, we, we have to sort of speculate in the moment because obviously, it's, you know, the research needs to catch up on this. But I think what we, what we have seen previously in other countries and what we've, you know, experienced within South Africa is, times of sort of great uncertainty, times of sort of heightened, uh, you know, heightened pressure in society. So if you look, for example, at South Africa's political transition, we had very high crime rates and very high levels of violence then. I think we're in a sort of a similar circumstance here. It's not political, but it's certainly socioeconomic. And we know that tension in, in, in households and tension amongst people, you know, that, that know each other and, you know, competition over resources, 
um, can kind of spark violence, and especially when people are under a lot of psychological stress that I think we are at the moment. We're just not at a point where we understand the full extent of it, but certainly we're seeing, you know, kind of violence playing out in many other countries as a result of COVID and lockdown and the sort of economic consequences of that. But I think also it seems to have had, like, an impact on one, on, on the psychology of, of people. Um, you know, made people a lot more kind of stressed and a lot more frustrated. Um, and I mean, I know this is a difficult uh, question to answer. Um, what, what's the reason for murder being so high? Is it possible to isolate it to a specific thing? I mean, I, I so I'm trying to get to the point of what is what would that one thing be, if possible? Okay, well, I mean, what we know about murder is murder is it tends to be concentrated in not 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 every policing area or precinct in South Africa experiences high murder rates. It's typically in certain areas, and not all, you know, high murder areas are poor areas, but they predominantly are urban areas, they predominantly are, you know, kind of densely populated, informal settlements, some township areas, um, and it is about this kind of combination of factors. So it's about, you know, about 1,100 precincts in South Africa, about 150 of them are the ones that are responsible for, for most murders within South Africa. And it's usually this combination of things of, you know, uh, sort of uh, access to, to weapons, often firearms. Firearms tend to drive, illegal firearms tend to drive the murder rate. It's also about norms around violence, you know, people who want to resolve conflicts or resort to using violence to resolve conflicts. It's predominantly men who are perpetrating violence, so it's often kind of younger men who are kind of frustrated or kind of growing up in circumstances where they experience violence regularly, who also grew up in homes where they were you know, victims of violence. So it's, it's not just one thing. But we do know that, for example, access to weapons, specifically illegal firearms, tends to drive up murder. So if there's more illegal firearms around, you tend to see murder going up. If one's able to deal with those illegal firearms, murder tends to come down. But, of course, it's largely about people's behavior. It's about access to alcohol. Um, it's about, you know, looking to resolve conflicts with the use of violence. That tends to kind of elevate murder. And Dr. Lamb, just looking at some of the interventions announced by the police minister, I mean, this is a quarterly speech. We hear it often and we hear these interventions, GBV desks, accountability plans, uh, watching corruption, getting police vans fixed. Have you ever seen uh, any results of these interventions or is just taking time for them to kick in? Well, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, what we're seeing now is... You know, there's certain things that police can do, and there are things that are out of its control. I mean, the government has its new integrated crime and violence prevention strategy, which is about, you know, the police working with a whole lot of other government departments to deal with the problem. But the, the history has been that, you know, that, that kind of plan of working together hasn't worked out so well. And what the police have done well in the past is, you know, having focused operations in high-crime areas, where they've confiscated illegal firearms and we've seen kind of murder rates and violent crime rates coming down. Um, other kind of interventions, you know, require, you know, a lot more focused policing interventions that requires, you know, policing interventions to be based on, um, on evidence that requires much better relationships with communities that are affected by crime and building relationships of trust. And that's the problem we have at the moment is police aren't that well trusted mm-hmm. by members of the public, you know, the levels of trust in high-crime areas are quite low towards the police. So, you know, members of the public in these kind of areas aren't that willing to work with the police. So I think it's something that really the police need to be focusing on and finding ways in which they can build trust with community members. And that often starts with 
trying to be more professional and kind of having these kind of anti-corruption strategies where the people are seen as honest and trustworthy. Which is... I don't know if it's possible. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Guy Lamb will need to leave it there. Thank you so much for chatting to us sure. this morning. It's my pleasure. The Takeoff, live and exclusive to Radio 2000, 97.2 to 100 FM nationwide.